Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping quit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello! Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Duval Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duval Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Duval Show. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duval Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a big thank you to my last guest, Bridget Case. I mentioned it at the end of the episode, but she left a very lasting impression on me. And if you have not heard our very in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 216, and we have a great episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Derek Johnson. Now, Derek is a former U.S. Army soldier and is now a motivational speaker and life coach. Derek will be sharing some of his life story and some of his professional advice on how we can be living fuller, richer lives. Derek is a great guest, and I think you'll really enjoy what he has to share with us. So let's get him out here. Duval Nation, please join this Derek in welcoming another Derek. Calling in today from Panama City, Panama, Derek Johnson. Derek, hello. Welcome to the show. How is the weather out by you today? Everything's great. Everything's great. Nice and hot down here in Panama City, Panama. Really? Nice and sweaty, unless I'm inside. (laughs) (laughs) So with the pandemic now winding down, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? It honestly was a blessing in disguise for my girlfriend and I, because we do work online. We worked online before COVID. So especially with what I do in terms of life coaching, personal and fitness coaching, it helped business a ton, but also being able to help people with their goals. So that way they came out of COVID, out of quarantine, a better person inside and out. So it was very interesting times because once gyms shut down, we got super creative, got the app and everything. So went from there. So we only saw the positives and said, you know what? I see this as a challenge. People are going to eat more, drink more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need to help them avoid a lot of this. All right. So every journey has a beginning. What, where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? 
Great question. So I was born in Fort Stewart, Georgia. It's an army base in Georgia. It's about an hour, an hour from Savannah, Georgia. From there, we moved to Germany. I was about two years old. So my first few years of life, I lived in Germany because my father was army and we were stationed there. And then we moved to Florida when I was in middle school. So went from a hot climate to the freezing climate, then to Florida and got the reality check of humidity. And <laughs> that's where we lived there. So most of my life was throughout Florida until my time in the army, then bounced around. Uh, from what I read, you had a very troubled upbringing. Is that correct? Yes. So my father was U.S. Army 25 plus years. And my mother has been a kindergarten teacher for 40 plus years for Montessori. And both of them grew up the oldest of their siblings. So they were their parental guardians. They played the parent role for their siblings but they had their own traumas growing up, a lot of challenges in their family, drugs and alcohol ran on both sides. So they didn't quote unquote, get the help that they needed. So then the older I got, once I turned 11, that's when I noticed that their past started spilling into the current and they would basically drink more, but it was only at night. It didn't affect their career at all. Their personal life with friends, success didn't affect any of that, but it was just once the last phone call was made, once the last person left our beautiful home in Florida for the cookout last bottle was drank and then they would just release. So at the age of 11, it was the reality checks. Like I was a good kid and all that. But at the age of 12, I started seeing it differently. And I could see that both parents were looking through me, not at me as in they could see somebody in their past. They were just releasing and using me as the outlet, but it really got me interested in how the mind works and that right there kickstarted my own personal development journey when I was 12. So step one was fitness. I would always make sure to have a extreme workout, whether it was running, weightlifting, anything of that nature to have a mental calmness to release. Cause I didn't want to be violent, do anything of that nature. So being bullied at home and then being bullied in school, being the skinny kid, I said enough is enough. So then our got hyper obsessed with fitness, picked up uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia and bodybuilding encyclopedia, Bruce Lee movies, books, men's health, everything you could think of. And I just dove deep. And within about a year and a half to two years, I transformed my physique more so for the self-confidence. And then from there, I started training my classmates, teammates, teachers, professors. So it was interesting when I worked on myself, I could help others. So it was a win-win. So in hindsight, I feel like People that go through trauma, especially when it comes to family, were given a gift. And I do truly feel like my gift as a child and teenager was discernment, being able to read an individual, a room, and meet people where they're at. More so because when you're getting punched, hit, and stuff's being thrown at you, you're always hyper aware. So it helps you in terms of sports and just dealing with people. You can read things pretty well. So with that upbringing, it was a blessing in disguise. And I always looked at it in that regard rather than just why me? Why is this happening? I don't understand. So that definitely was the experience. But a huge thing that helped was immersing myself in individuals' stories that went through things worse. Not to minimize my own situation, but I would read biographies, autobiographies, watch movies, anything that related to a comeback story. I got super intensely passionate about comeback stories. And I would always just tell myself, this is all part of my testimony, my journey. So I would see it in that perspective rather than just the victim, pain, depression, anxiety. So I wanted to flip it and help other people. Hmm. You play any sports growing up, you said? Yes, I was in martial arts 
and also played basketball and ran track. So played basketball for a while, but then I got annoyed losing if I didn't shoot the last shot. So I was like, all right, time to run track. If I lose, it's my fault. <laughs> and martial arts, if I get knocked out, it's my fault. So <laughs> nothing against team sports, but I always prefer the individual better. Fair enough. Fair enough. What inspired you to list in the U.S. Army in 2008? What inspired me was I honestly just got tired of being nervous and still having fear from my inner child in me. And I said, I need to face the fear of heights. I need to get out there. I knew that it would help the resume and just get good experiences, but it was more so that inner child was scared. And I said, go for it. You have to overcome all these things. So it was more so to do it for my inner child. And I knew that it wasn't going to be 20 plus years. I knew that it was just going to be to go through college, go through the ranks, do my time, get out, go on to another chapter. So I was always forecasting to the next stage, to the next chapter. Hmm. How hard was your boot camp experience? It was honestly pretty intense. So I went to Fort Jackson, relaxing Jackson, what some people would call it. <laughs> but my experience was very interesting because of the dynamic of my three drill sergeants. My head instructor, he was Filipino, which I think hands down are some of the best and most loyal people. And I learned so much about positive traits of a leader that I did want to emulate. The second one was female African-American female from the South, loud, annoying voice. And she would just train the shit out of us and smoke us, but learned a lot from her. And I realized what I was capable of physically and mentally, because if my soldiers did something wrong, I would be the one doing the sprints, nobody else. And then the last one was a ranger. I want to say he was five foot two white gentleman from the South. And he was just like, I'm here to teach you guys. Cause right now I'd rather be killing people. And that's all he would really say. He was like, I'm here because they forced me to be here. I'd rather be deployed and blow off the Pakistanis' heads. So uh, I'm here to turn you into a machine. And like, <laughs> that was the dynamic of the three-headed beast. You had the Filipino, structured, professional, African-American female, just ready to kick some ass. And then you had the short country white guy who was just like, I'd rather be killing with this I can't. I'm going to turn you guys into killers. <laughs> so it was a pretty good dynamic. What was your MOS? 25 Quebec, that's satellite communications. I was always a tech nerd. On the flip side, I was also the uh, master fitness trainer. So I would help soldiers be mission ready, ready for the objective. Or if they came back from a divorce, deployment, or injury, get them back into better mental and physical condition. Hmm. How many deployments you do? I didn't do any in Afghanistan or Iraq. A lot of them were short missions, three to six months in Central and South America for training because... In Florida, my guard unit at the time was in Florida. So a lot of guard units and special forces in Florida, they focus on Miami area, also Central and South America. So we would do mock missions to provide the commos for everybody. I wasn't SF, but we would provide commo and everything for them. Interesting. Okay. You got your degree in exercise physiology while in the military, correct? Yes. Tell us about that. Yes, for sure. So I did Army RTC in college. And when I wasn't in class or in RTC, I was also a personal trainer at the gym, local community gym, and also on campus, having boot camps, things of that nature. So because I was already working one-on-one -on -one and with groups, I just always wanted to become better. And I knew that it would help future careers. My buddies, my family, everybody was like, you're wasting your time with this degree, but they didn't see the long-term vision. They're like, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I said, Hey, 
military is all temporary. It's a stepping stone. So I just stopped listening to anyone and just went out like that. So I was always very impressed about how the physical body works, seeing an individual, certain height, certain ethnicity, certain build, and seeing what he or she would be capable of. And it's not about the muscles or about being shredded, anything of that nature, but you can just tell somebody has a body type to be a shot put thrower. Somebody has a body type to be a boxer that maybe has never thought about it, but I would love seeing different body types and guess what they would be good at. And so I really fell in love with anatomy and physiology and dove deeper into that. So that way I could work with more than only athletes and soldiers. So what was the actual decision that led you to get out of the army? The power of social media, honestly, and knowing I can make a bigger impact and help more people by taking things fully online. I still train some people in person sometimes, but 99% of the business is online because having military buddies, having a German family, my mother's German, I would have friends, family, past clients in different countries. And I got tired of honestly making spreadsheets that people would never follow. Like I would spend four hours making a spreadsheet of workouts and they're like, this is overwhelming. And to me, it made sense, but I said, this is pointless. I'm making this difficult for them. They should not be doing mental homework. So honestly, it was just being able to fully take advantage of social media to make a impact in the world and really show people like you can change lives and you can make a major impact online, but also build a community. I want to talk to you about the company that you set up fit with Derek. What exactly yes. is this company and what is the mission statement? I appreciate it. So the mission statement is I help individuals identify patterns that are no longer serving them and I help them thrive in all areas. So they're not just surviving. So essentially some individuals, especially professionals, they may crush it in sales, but they've had three divorces or they may be amazing with family, but they lack in career or vice versa, or they have everything, but they feel unfulfilled. They have the family, they have the kids, they have the car, whatever their version of success is, but they still feel like something is missing. So I help them identify what that thing is, or if they have limiting beliefs and traumas from the past, we slowly get rid of those along with vices so they can feel like they have control of more than just the one or two areas that they're a rock star in. Hmm. Why do you think people are struggling mentally so much these days? Great question. I think number one is attention span. People's attention span is lower than ever because of these bad boys right here, these devices. And you open up one app, notification goes off, friend texts you, email pops through. I feel it's attention. Every app, every program, every advertisement, kids, dogs, neighbor, politicians, everything and everyone wants your attention. So I feel that nowadays people struggle given one thing, deep, intense focus where everything is always interrupted. They might start something for five minutes, reading a book, working on their task for workflow, and then they get interrupted. Notification, this, this, and this. So many people in society are just mentally jumping all over the place from thing to thing. And I feel like that's a huge reason because it's hard for them to make any progress because they're always six months, they want to be a realtor. Six months later, they want to do Bitcoin. Then he or she wants to do e-commerce. Next thing you know, they want to work for corporate again. And it's just like, <laughs> which one are you going to do? The guy over here who's focused on one thing is obliterating everybody <laughs> while these people jump from thing to thing. So definitely attention span and lack of deep focus on one main thing. In your experience now, what type of clients usually have the most success in their personal and professional lives? 
I've noticed that naturally, just from instinct and their experience, is athletes and people that were in sales or any competitive nature. The reason why they have that natural fire to compete. So anyone in a competitive space, athletes, also people that used to be in band, especially in the South. If you guys are familiar with competitive drummers or competitive saxophonists, like in the South, Battle of the Bands, they train, honestly, I think more than athletes in college. So anybody that was in a competitive environment and salespeople. Last but not least would also be people that maybe were not one of those three, but they had a very rough upbringing. Life to them is easier once they've mastered themselves. So I've met individuals like that where you learn their backstory and you're like, no wonder they're so calm and confident. Like anything life throws at them, they're like, it's not much worse than what family or so-and-so could have did. So bring it on. Okay, Duval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Derek Johnson. Miss, this should take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Pay attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back. Hello, Duval Nation. Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek DeBall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Show. That's betterhelp.com slash Derek Show. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duval Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. This is Marielle Sanji, the author of The Absinthe Frappe from LSU Press. Have you ever wondered about the mysteries of absinthe? The spirit is packed with history, and in my book, I explore the myths and facts behind this elusive liquor. What is it about absinthe that appealed to artists like Vincent van Gogh? How did the absinthe frappe cocktail take the country by storm in the 19th century? Why was absinthe banned? And how were the restrictions on absinthe lifted? Dive into the world of absinthe in the absinthe frappe, available wherever you prefer to buy your books.
This is Country Boy for One My Black History. And if you listen to my podcast, this is some of the things that you will enjoy. The term Jim Crow derives from early 19th century minstrel shows. It was a popular form of entertainment, which is the predecessor to vaudeville. The shows consisted of a primarily white song and dance performer crudely mimicking African-Americans for the enjoyment of white audiences. One of the earliest and most famous was Thomas Daddy Rice, who devised a strutting, dancing character supposedly mimicking a prancing crow, and the character became known at Jim Crow. And if this is the type of content that you enjoy, you can find more content like this at OneMikeHistory.com. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 216 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with motivational speaker and life coach, Derek Johnson. In your professional opinion, how do we use pain as fuel? Good question. So identifying the root of the pain. Sometimes it comes from family. Sometimes it originally stemmed from a stranger. Sometimes it could have been just on our own doing, doing it to ourselves. So wholeheartedly, without judgment, pinpointing where that pain actually came from and just trying to just be neutral in the moment and saying, where did this come from? I understand we're sad. I understand we're angry. I understand all these emotions and feelings that we have. But step one is just identifying where did it actually stem from? Even if somebody can't has no recollection of the exact scenario, Most people could pretty much pinpoint the individual, the family dynamic, wherever specifically it came from. Even if they did black out and something worse happened, they don't don't remember the exact details. But if they can pinpoint that, it actually gives them power. And if they can write it down. I'm old school where it's just like pen to paper, face it. It's the only way through it instead of running around it. And nothing against therapy. But I've worked with many people who've had therapists for 5 to 15 plus years. And every Tuesday or Thursday, they would meet with their therapist, which is effective. But long term, if every Tuesday and Thursday, they're putting themselves in a dark place and not really getting much progress and just mentally replaying these emotions and feelings, it's really hard for that person to progress and get out of their limiting beliefs or to get out of that that vicious loop of negativity or dark energy. But definitely being able to see themselves from a neutral standpoint and just being transparent with themselves. Hmm. Whose voices and opinions should we be listening to and whose should we be ignoring? Definitely the main ones to listen to would be individuals that have actually done what we're trying to do, whether it's career related, whether it's physically related, whether it's a specific type of marriage and we just see this happy couple or this father that has the kids and we're like, man, he emulates exactly the type of love I want to give my family. She emulates the type of speaker this individual wants to be, just finding people that are actually doing it 
because nowadays, because of social media, there is a positive to it. But on the flip side, many people play a character online and they just do smoke and mirrors and they just either scam people or they just like resurface somebody else's content and like create a course, but they've been never actually done the thing. And then people tend to find out that they can't learn from this individual. So definitely from people that have actually done what that individual is doing. And on the flip side, the people who to not listen to, and I'm not saying to not listen to all of your family, but they mean well, but if you're the black sheep in the family or the circle, and you're going to do something different and have a different path and journey in life, they mean well, but they also have a fear. And they also have many limiting beliefs that even if they don't mean to place them on you, they are when they say, yeah, I don't know if you should do that. I don't know, Derek, Jimmy, I don't know if this is right. Cause Bobby tried it and he failed and all these little side comments. Sometimes it comes from a loving place, but people don't realize how many people quit on themselves and their path just because of those opinions. Even if they weren't negative, it's just, they had the seed planted in their mind and they start to second guess themselves where their goal was up here. And slowly they started to lower the bar. Soon they diminished that. And they were just like, yeah, it's okay. I'm just going to work for dad's company or go back to this corp. And then next thing you know, they start regretting it years later where it used to be up here, but they listened to too many people that had zero experience doing that thing or they quit. That's the sad part. Many people take advice from people who quit and misery loves company. So, Hey, just remember that. <laughs> Very true. Um, what steps should someone take to take control of their situation? Great question. So one of the first things that I like to do with people is have them write out a list of things that they could eliminate. As in, we'll start with something as basic as what they consume. What do they normally drink that doesn't serve their goals or for how they feel? What do they normally eat that tends to make them trigger to eat more later or to mess with their energy or their hormones? But in general, focusing on the small things, which they could eliminate and asking themselves the question, what are some things that I could get rid of or simply replace with something better that'll help me make more progress, but starting with what they physically consume. And next part of the eliminate is what can they, what can they eliminate that they consume online, social media apps, websites, they go to <clears throat> information they absorb. Because sometimes it might just be negative information, but being hyper intentional about what those things are that they could eliminate that are holding them back or just planting negative seeds in their minds, whether it's they're eating sugar for breakfast, drinking some artificial drink, arguing with somebody on Facebook in politics at 7 a.m. at their kitchen table. Next thing you know, they're in traffic, annoyed, and it's just like stacking all these things where if they slowly got rid of those things or flipped it into something more empowering their view of the world or perspective of whatever they're doing could shift. But definitely step one, creating a list of things that they could eliminate or simply things that they could replace those things with that would be better before actually changing their schedule or adding to it. Because many people, if they're not going to go cold turkey on most things. And if you try to add to their schedule, to their routine, it might work for two weeks or two days, but they're going to feel overwhelmed and revert back to their autopilot response. But if we can first get rid of some things and say, you know what, let's get some things off of the table, stack some small wins, and then gradually think long-term rather than just saying, hey, today's the day. I'm going to change my life. We're going to do a totally different thing. Hmm. How does one deal with a toxic family? Good question. So all dependent on the scenario, but 
one of the biggest challenges and definitely one of the most difficult things is challenging yourself to not give the family the response that they expect. So with my upbringing, I was the shy kid. I was quiet. I had a bad stuttering problem, just all these things, super skinny, timid, posture was bad. And I was just fragile, fragile little boy, basically fragile teenager. And so my response was sadness. My response was go to my room. My response was cry. My response was fear. My response was negative thoughts, dark thoughts, things of that nature. And those things were auto responses, autopilot in school at home. So once I said enough is enough, I said, I'm no longer giving people, whoever it is, family, bullies at school, the response that they expect. So they expected those previous mentioned things. But what I started to do is just be calmer. I wouldn't be violent. I wouldn't yell, wouldn't do anything. I would either just be calm and quiet, or I would agree and give people that energy. And it was interesting what happened. I slowly started to get my power back. One, I was working on myself, but two, I would leave family and whoever it was stunned that I wasn't acting like that scared kid anymore. They're like, wait, he's so nonchalant. What is going on here? Normally he would cry or try to yell at me or try to argue. So I told, <clears throat> excuse me, I told myself I would stop giving people the response that they expected. So that would be my challenge for people. And it's way easier said than done. But if somebody can zoom out and see if they can identify their pattern, what is my pattern when Uncle Jimmy at Thanksgiving walks into the room and within five minutes, I can feel the elephant in the room and that pressure in the chest. And I'm like, damn it, Uncle Jimmy's going to mention some bullshit again. Like what is going to happen? So that holiday example, the holidays are coming up soon. If you have a family member like that, before you walk into the house or the building, ask yourself, how am I going to respond to Uncle Jimmy or whoever it is to not allow him to control this dinner setting? or to control my reaction and me to embarrass myself or embarrass him. So really playing out the scenario in your favor. And normally by being calm or sometimes just agreeing with somebody, if they're trying to like put you down, you're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. They don't know what else to do. They're like, what do you mean? I'm right. <laughs> and then they're just stumped. So basically stumping people in a positive way. And as the saying goes, kill them with kindness again, way easier said than done. But the more somebody can do that, the more their confidence will elevate and then they'll start to laugh and think, dang, I used to have everyone control me. Now I can control the scenario. And what I would tell my guys is, who has you by the balls? Does life have you the ball, by the balls or do you have life by the balls? Because usually people let somebody else drag them around. That's amazing. Great answer. That's, I like it. What do you enjoy I most? About, it. What do you enjoy most about public speaking? What I enjoy most is making a connection making a connection and giving people a golden nugget or something that stands out. <clears throat> the reason why, because being that kid or being that teenager who just needed some guidance, I would hear one or two nuggets, whether it was music, a movie, a Tony Robbins speech, a video, something random on YouTube, but I would always search for the golden nuggets. So it's more so pouring out, trying to provide value and knowing that somebody may get at least one key thing, whether that's a new perspective, some motivation, or simply like the exact action step where they're like, you know what? I should really try that out. I haven't thought of that, but it's more so giving the individual that needs it, that one thing that may benefit their life or their situation. I ask every veteran who has come on my show this next question. If it's all right, I'm going to ask you to you. 
what were your emotions when you saw the fall of Afghanistan? My emotions were definitely rage, anger, confusion, but definitely rage, anger first, because I knew many individuals that were there back and forth and lost some buddies, friends. So definitely those are my initial thoughts because quote unquote, I had skin in the game, even though at that time I was young, but still I knew individuals, family members, friends. So it's more so anger and rage and just distrust from both sides, the other side and internally as in government. All right. Yeah, De Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. You get a chance to talk to your younger self. What would you say to him? Younger self, I would tell him to keep going, have faith, and never fucking stop. Keep going, have faith, and never fucking stop. And I say it like that because he didn't want to keep going. He didn't really have much faith. He was always wondering why God, why this, why that, just questioning it from a weak negative standpoint. But then once he was able to flip it, things change. But keep going, have faith, and never fucking stop. Perfect. What's next for Derek? What's next is some of my buddies and I were planning in-person retreats. So an example could be three days. Day one, people arrive, males and females. And this would be for individuals that are looking to have some camaraderie if they were never played a organized sport, never were in the military or any group team building setting like that. This is for those individuals or people that miss that camaraderie. But essentially day one, we would hike up a mountain at the top, do some breath work, do some release as in releasing trauma, releasing emotions, things that people we've held in for years, work with experts up there, do that on the way down. Everybody's laughing getting to know each other day two, that's when we dive deep into mindset. But at that time, people are way more comfortable with each other because when you struggle together and you embrace the suck, <laughs> you respect each other more, even if the first couple hours you didn't like that guy or like that girl, but then you're like, wait a minute, we all made it to the top of this mountain. We were all screaming, crying and yelling up there and we felt great. Then on day two, it's in a banquet room, in a hotel, basically doing a round robin, telling our stories and then have them breakthrough sessions where people guide them with their situation because there'll be experts in different field. And then day three, get together, but most importantly, giving them tools that they can use long-term, not a pitch fest. Most important, not a pitch fest. We've all probably been to a workshop where we get there excited to learn. We didn't learn shit. We just learned that we're not at the platinum level yet. We're like, all right, awesome. I was here to learn this thing, but now I need to buy the ticket to the platinum level and then the gold level. And if I want to learn this secret, I need to get the diamond level. So none of that, no pitch fest, just good camaraderie to help individuals internally, externally, for them to go home to see life in a different light, but have the tools and resources. And I just see those every quarter. We meet up every quarter and then see where everyone is at. All right. As we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question, Derek, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? Good question. So my girlfriend and I, we love traveling and eating, traveling and eating. We currently live in Panama, the country Panama, Panama City. And we moved here spur of the moment from Tampa, Florida. We just said, hey, we've always wanted to live outside of the country. Let's start selling stuff. Got on Facebook Marketplace, sold it, had some sketchy scenarios, but <laughs> had something on the hip, was ready for action, but sold it. And then we moved. And then we've been here about a year and a half. And in December, we head back to South Florida. So 
definitely just spur of the moment traveling or moving and just food. Just love trying unique restaurants, whether it's high class, hole in the wall. I'll try anything. And I just love seeing people passionate about what they're doing. The sushi chef that's just like in a zone. I'll ask some questions and get them all hyped up. I just love seeing people passionate about what they're doing. That's amazing. You're living the life, my friend. That's that's great. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. What would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? So best way to find me would be my favorite app is Instagram. And that would be fit with Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K to fit with Derek and the number two on other apps. They can search the same thing or my name, Derek Johnson It's the same picture on everything. My whole intent with social media is just to plant seeds. When somebody doesn't want to get out of bed, they think of the video they saw and they're like, this motherfucker called me out, <laughs> but planting the seeds in a positive, supportive way. And I just want to see people winning. All right. Derek, I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would want to say to the people of earth? Powerful question. Become the man or woman that you would be proud of and give him or her to the world. Become the man or woman that you would be proud of and give him or her to the world. Whether that's career, time, monetary, whatever extent somebody sees that in, but I feel like that's where all we're all here. Heal ourselves, help heal others, and see that everything's connected. We're not so much different than everyone else. All right. Great answer. Derek, you have turned trouble youth into an absolute triumph. I hope you are very proud of all you've accomplished. Congratulations on all your success, and thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate it, Derek. Thanks again for having me. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 216. I want to thank Derek for taking the time to come on the show and speak with me. What a great guy, and he was a lot of fun to talk to. I hope you all took something away from this conversation, as I know I sure did. Derek, best of luck to you in the future, and I hope you do take the time to come on the show again. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. We drop our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for those episodes to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have. So please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up today for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, please drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the Amazing Tea Public. The Derek Duvall Show is a great little store on there, and we have everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, go to the banner that left says merch, click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tea Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, Merry Christmas and a happy Boxing Day to all those who celebrate. I hope you all get everything you want and your celebrations are full of warmth, laughter, and a completely drama-free. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.